helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. The American Republic will endure until the day Congress discovers that it can bribe the public with the public's money. These words from Alexis de Tocqueville have been proven true. Not only has Congress discovered that they can bribe us with our own money, but they have effectively used this to enslave the American states and people with the threat of taking away the money. There are those, however, who refuse to take the bribe, or at least some of the bribes. Sometimes the bribery doesn't come in the form of money, but policies. The feds will say, allow us to do this for you, and it sounds like a good deal until well, they use that policy to dictate to the states and us what we can do. Lastly, the courts have been known to not so much bribe, but threaten the American people with their decisions. There are some interesting cases coming up before the Supreme Court I think we should keep an eye on. So let's look at some of our fellow Americans and and how they've been saying no to the bribe. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where you can read and study the Constitution, teach the rising generation to be free. That is our goal, to return the Constitution to we the people. Why? So that we recognize the power that we have. We recognize the limitations on the state and federal governments, and we exercise our own sovereignty and our own power, and keep those governments where they belong. In other words, to learn to say no to the bribe. Now, there's a word that's really gotten a bad rap over the last several decades. The word is nullification. And it's been associated with everything from uh, anarchy to, to insurrection. But that's not true. See, the, the thing that people fail to recognize is that governments are limited. Look at it this way. The federal government can pass all the laws they want. They have no legal authority to force the states to enforce them. So if the federal government passes an unconstitutional law, that law is void. Just look at uh, again Alexander Hamilton, Federal 78, uh, Ex parte Seabold, Norton v. Shelby County, Marbury v. Madison. An unconstitutional act is void. And the courts have readily agreed that the federal government cannot force the states to implement their laws. Even you know they, they claim they're the supreme law of the land, but they ignore the supremacy clause, which says laws of the United States made pursuant to the Constitution are the supreme law of the land. So one of the first ways that we can see, uh, you know, that, that we should be seeing uh, the, the limitations of the federal government is states saying, uh, no, you, you cannot, we, we will not help you here. Even going so far to say, That is an unconstitutional act. We will not allow you to enforce it here. Those are two different steps. They're both wrapped up in this idea of nullification, but it's one thing for a state to say, nope, 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 we're not going to help you. It's another thing to say, if your actors try try to enforce this law in our state, we will arrest them because they are violating the supreme law of the land. Granted, that takes a lot of a lot of courage. It takes a lot of backbone, especially nowadays, where the the federal government is seen as the the all powerful uh, uh, you know, government of the United States. It can do whatever it wants, whatever Congress passes, unless the Supreme Court says no, they can do it, and that just is not true. 
But part of the reason why they have so much power is both the states and, yes, we the people, well, we've been bribed into complacency. We were we were offered something. Here, we'll give you some money for this project. We'll give you some money. And as long as you do what we say, the money will keep flowing. Now, I say the states did that. The American people have done that as well. Uh, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, uh, affordable health, uh, uh, all of these are simple bribes. It's the federal government taking money they're not legally allowed to spend and spending it for something to get you to either vote for the right people or comply with their wishes. So the first step in not being enslaved to the federal government is to recognize the bribery that's behind it and learn to say, as Nancy Reagan said of drugs, just say no. And again, it's not just the feds that do the state, the state governments do it as well. I, I remember back when I lived up in New York State, um, the state was going to pay, was willing to pay for our local town to put in a sidewalk. Now, understand, I lived in rural upstate New York. Our town um, had one blinking traffic light. Uh, we had about a one-mile stretch that was sparsely populated with shops and, and, and restaurants and whatnot. And uh, almost, almost nobody walked. There's a good reason. Very few people actually lived in that area. The, the, that, the town, the, the quote-unquote town, the one-mile stretch where there was, they, were, they wanted to put in the sidewalk, very few people lived there. These were business districts. You drove there, you went to the store you wanted to, you went to the restaurant you wanted to, then you left. But you see, the, the state was offering, quote-unquote, free money. So many on the town council, they wanted, they wanted to put in a sidewalk because it was free money. Sad part is all the arguments about, wait a second, this free money isn't free. First of all, we're paying for it through our taxes. Second of all, okay, you get the free money to install this sidewalk. Who's going to pay to maintain it? We live in the Northeast. We live in upstate New York. We have a thing called snow. Who's going to shovel the snow off the sidewalks? Oh, the people that own the property that you're going to take under eminent domain to put in the sidewalk. Because you're effectively going to say, well, we can control, we effectively have a, 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 an eminent domain so far off the road. We'll put it on that part of the road, um, but we expect you to go clean it for us. That's not going to fly. And then, of course, winters get frost heaves, sidewalks crack, they pitch. Uh, who's going to pay to repair that? Better yet, who's going to pay the lawsuit when somebody trips on that and falls? Also, that a handful of people would have a sidewalk to walk on rather than a, a, a grassy, uh, um, not a median, but you know, the edge of the road. There was a grass strip where people would, would, would walk. It didn't make sense. But all many, some of the people in the town were looking at is free, they're going to give us money. That's how they control you. Now, Ron DeSantis has become an interesting character, especially as a governor. Um, a lot of, I like a lot of what he's done, and uh, he's become the very, first the very first governor in the nation to turn away millions of federal dollars. Does anybody remember the Inflation Reduction Act? The, 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 the ginormous legislation that had little to do with inflation reduction and mostly was the Green New Deal just repackaged. 
Yeah, well, it involves sending millions of dollars to states for uh, so-called green projects. Gr so-called green. I say so-called because most of this stuff isn't really green. But I've talked about that before. Well, Mr. DeSantis said, uh, no, we're not taking th this money. He, he rejected $350 million for these alleged energy efficiency initiatives. Another $340 million for uh, uh, a program to offer rebates to Floridians to replace their appliances with more energy efficient ones. And another $3 million for pollution measures and uh, more and more and more. So here we have an example of state nullification of a federal action, an unconstitutional federal action, but a federal action. See, they, the, the feds offered all this money to Florida. The governor said no. And guess what? The White House cannot do anything to force Florida to take the money. Now, there, I'm sure there are people in Florida going, why are you turning down this money? Just think of the wonderful things. You could have this money and people could get their, their appliances and we could do all of these things with this money. Forgetting that that money comes with strings. He who pays the piper play, calls the tune. Once you start accepting this money, you have to do what the government, what the federal government wants you to do with that money, whether you want to or not. Now, this to me has a couple of interesting questions. Question number one, are the citizens of Florida going to um, punish Mr. DeSantis for not taking the bribe? I mean, it'll be spun differently. It'll be spun as, you know, well, you know, he didn't bring home the money. He turned away the money. No, he didn't take the bribe. Will they punish him for it? We'll, we'll find out. It won't be this, this election. It won't be the 24 election. If he loses his bid for president, it'll be in the 26th election when he's up again for governor. But here's the other question. Why is he the only one? Of all the governors that claim to be conservative and, and limited federal government and, and, you know, states' rights, how many of them are turning down the bribe? Be an interesting question. How many of you have uh, gubernatorial elections coming up this, this next year? Are you going to ask the, the candidates, hey, are you going to ask the sitting governor, hey, why didn't you turn down the bribe from Washington? And I encourage you to phrase it that way. Because the term, see, recognizing that what this is, is bribery helps to, re helps to solidify in someone's mind why it's evil for them to do this. If you just say, why did you not accept the money? Well, that's a different question. If you say, why did you not accept the bribe? That puts a whole different spin on it as well, especially since at the federal level, bribery is a reason for impeachment and um in many states, I believe it is as well. See, now you're bringing into the question the, the, the character of the candidate. Would you accept the bribe? In other words, if you accept the bribe, does that mean you are eligible for impeachment? Because, well, you were bribed by the federal government to do something that you didn't want to do. Now, there's another example. This one was a little different, though, and it's coming from South Dakota. See, there's been this big push for carbon capture and sequester. And the idea is they, they're going to have these machines that are going to suck carbon dioxide out of the air. They're going to send it through pipelines and store it somewhere. 
let's ignore the fact that carbon dioxide is nowhere near the, the highest levels they've been in the atmosphere. Let's ignore the fact that carbon dioxide is plant food, that uh, uh, greenhouses will often pump carbon dioxide into their greenhouses in order to, nurseries will, in order to enhance the growth of these plants. Let's ignore the fact that there is not a single stitch of, of scientifically sound evidence that carbon dioxide is actually causing a significant change in our weather. But you see, it's, we're back to the green agenda. We have, the, you know, we vilified plant food, so now we have to do something about it. Which, by the way, I find ex incredibly uh, ironic that the same people who are vilifying plant food want to burn human food in order to power our vehicles, but that's something else. So they've been trying to force through this, this carbon capture pipeline through South Dakota. And you know what? The people, at least the people I've talked to there, they don't want it. They, they, they see it as, as simply another way for the government to gobble up private land, hand it over to private companies, and uh, you know all for this, this, this idea that they're saving the earth that has no scientific basis for it. Well, the uh, South Dakota Public Utilities Commission voted unanimously to reject the pipeline proposal. Unanimously. Now, I love this idea. It was, uh, uh, you know, here's the idea. It's like, we don't, we don't want this. We don't care that the feds are pushing this. Uh, we don't care that, that you know, uh, um, I believe part of this came, was, was being, uh, was in the Infrastructure Reduction Act, but I'm not sure. Right? They unanimously said, no, we're not going to do that. In fact, they also unanimously denied the company that wanted to do this, Navi uh, Navigator CO2 Ventures. They wanted the, um, the ability to preempt local ordinances to put in their pipelines. And the Utility Commission said, no. And they said so unanimously. Now, the chairman of the Utility Commission uh, said that uh, Navigator, right, the, the people doing this, uh, did not meet the required burden of proof for its proposed project. Again, the ones who want to make the change have the burden of proof, not the people who own the land and are just want to be left alone. Specifically, he said that the pipeline company failed to prove that its project would comply with current laws and rules and that it would not pose a threat of serious injury or impairment to people, the environment, the economy, or future municipal development. Uh, Commissioner Chris Nelson also pointed out that the pipeline does nothing to help South Dakotans with their energy requirements. It doesn't help their energy at all. So again, here we have a public utility commission. I'm not a big fan of these, but again, at least here, they're doing their job. They say, wait a second, you have, you're asking to do something, uh, Navigator CO2 Ventures. You have to prove, you have the burden to, of proof that what you're doing is both legal under our laws and that it's a benefit to our people and it's not a harm to our people, and you haven't done it. And this mythical, oh, it's climate change, we have to do this, we're all going to die didn't pass. Oh, and by the way, this comes a month after the North Dakota Public Service Commission unanimously denied a permit for Summit's pipeline in that state. So at least you got a couple of states that are saying, no, we, we don't want this, this agenda. Whether it's a federal uh, uh, program or not, uh, it, it, this idea that we're just going to do this because some, you know, 
some bureaucrat said we have to. Uh, no, that doesn't fly here. And I'm glad to see it. And I'm glad to see it from a governor. And I'm glad to see it from um, I'm glad to see it from different entities within the state. Now, I have to take a break. Before I do, though, I hope you've checked out the new website, constitutionstudy.com. I've added some neat new features. I've got news items that are showing up there. I've got uh, radio episodes if, you know, to, that are showing up there. So, you know, well, it's a one-stop shop. You can still ask a question while you're there. You can, uh, uh, you can join one of the mailing lists and be notified of all the updates and changes. And this week, I'm working on my goal is to get the Patriots program and the boot camp up and running on the site this week. I want to have it done before Constitution Day. Uh, I've still got a lot of work to do, but I'm trying. But So please, check it out, uh, constitutionstudy.com. Check out the new format. Give me, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Do you like the news? Would you like to see my own news feed? In other words, if you use a newsreader, would you like to see a feed from, the, from my website that you can do? All this is on the table and more. I mean, you want to know what you would like to see, and I'll do my best to, to integrate it if I can. Um, of course, if you want to support the work that I'm doing here, if you want to help me update this website and you want to donate to the cause, just go to the, to the shop and you there's a donate option. Uh, I'm working on better options, but that's what I've got now. And you can donate one time or you can donate monthly or annually. It's up to you. It's all there at the website. Speaking of websites, you know what? One of the websites I go to each and every day is AmericaOutloud.news. I'm looking for news, I'm looking for information, and I'm looking to share it. And I want you to do that as well. Go to AmericaOutloud.news and then find the stories, the podcasts, the videos, the articles that really touch your heart, that you think are really important, and then share them. Share them with friends, share them with family, share them on social media. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how we secure the blessings of liberty by sharing the information that we need to live free. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. AmericaOutloud.news 
is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and today we're talking about saying no to the bribe. We're talking about looking at how, as Alexis Dokeville warned us, once Congress figured out they could bribe us with our own money, the republic ends. But there are those that are pushing back, and I spent the first segment talking about several of those, from Governor DeSantis in Florida to the uh, uh, public utility commissions in South Dakota and, and, and in North Dakota. These are all examples of states simply looking at what the government's trying, the federal government is trying to do directly or indirectly and saying, no, not, not for us. We're, we don't think we're going to do that. Now, one of the areas we see a lot of is court cases. So I want to take a look at some court cases, some that are coming up for the Supreme Court, some other decisions that that uh, will have an impact on our con- being controlled. The, the, you know, uh, uh, will we get pushback when we say no to the bribe, or will we simply get pushback when we say no to the policies? So there are several cases that have been scheduled for the Supreme Court that I want to, you know, some I just want to let you know about. We may keep an eye on them. Uh, one, for example, is uh, uh, there's a case called Vidal versus Elster, and it revolves around whether or not someone can trademark a uh, a parody Trump shirt. They say a belittling phrase aimed at Do- Donald Trump for a T-shirt. Um, so this will be interesting because, again, is it a question of free speech? Uh, can you trademark a phrase that belittles a public official, a public figure? And use it on a T-shirt, so that should be uh, an interesting case to look at. There are there's a, at least one federal firearms law that'll be that'll be uh, looked at. The case is United States versus Ramey, and it has to do with um, uh, people who are under a domestic violence related restraining order. Federal law prohibiting them from carrying firearms. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons because. Um, Again, simply being issued a restraining order is not conviction. It, it, convincing a judge that, um, you know, I want someone to leave me alone is not the same as being convicted of domestic violence. And that's the problem. So you have a deprivation of rights without due process. All it took was an accusation and somebody coming up with enough evidence to convince a judge. And how much that is, it varies. So, um, and, and this one specifically, Interesting because uh, the 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 I guess the defendant Ramey uh, had entered a guilty plea for violating the statute uh, when he was involved in uh, five shooting incidents after the restraining order was issued. The, the tricky part is is uh, Ramey may not be the the poster child for the, the the case. He may not be the most savory of characters in this case, but the question still remains. From a point of law, can you be deprived a right protected by the Constitution simply because a judge thinks an accusation is sufficient? And uh, that's uh, 
that that's another interesting issue. Uh, there are a couple of related cases: uh, O'Connor Ratcliffe v. Garnier and uh, Lynch versus Freed. And the issue at hand here is: Can the American people sue government officials who block them on social media? Again, this is interesting because are we talking about a a government uh, run account or a private account of a government official? Um, this, by the way, took place, uh, came to, to light during the Trump administration, where he would block um, people he didn't like on, on his social media. And the question is, well, if it's a private, uh, I guess if it's a, my, my thoughts are, if it's a private uh, account, that's one thing. If it's a publicly run account, it's an official account, that's something else. So that should be an interesting case to follow. Uh, next one's kind of interesting. Another, these are all interesting, I guess. Is uh, Redisil versus McDonough, and the question is: Can a veteran who qualifies for education benefits under multiple GI bills use up one uh, program before going on to the next one? So, in other words, I guess I don't know the details of this case. I haven't really looked at it, but um, uh, apparently there is a. Uh, an FBI special agent who is also an Army veteran, and he is eligible for multiple um, GI bills, mostly related to uh, you know post nine eleven bills. And the question is, before he if he's already started one, does he have to use it up before he goes to another one, or does he have to abandon the balance before he has to go? To, so again, little little things like that. A property seizures on on will be on the docket. Cully versus Marshall. Uh, it's actually a class action suit filed by women um, whose automobiles were seized by local governments, even though they committed no crime. Uh, I believe this falls under civil asset forfeiture and a very interesting, definitely want to keep your eye on Cully versus Marshall. Uh, and another one, immunity. All right. Uh, uh, what is this? Department of Agriculture versus Kurtz. And it's a question of sovereign immunity from lawsuits. Or the way it's often referred to is is um, qualified immunity. In other words, if you work for a government entity, is it assumed you are immune from lawsuit for your bad actions unless the government says effectively it's okay to sue you? This is a big deal, ladies and This is one I'm definitely keeping my eyes on because you think about it, these are the types of things where, where we see government actors doing bad things and then not being held accountable either personally or corporately because of this claim of immunity. And if you think about it, 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 even the qualified immunity is based on the concept of sovereign immunity, which is the sovereign can do no wrong. But in the United States, government actors are not sovereign. The people are sovereign. So I'm going to keep a good close eye on this one. I think you should as well. Now, again, courts aren't the only places. We're seeing samples. We're seeing trickles. We're seeing, I guess you'd almost say spots like measles. Um, I talked to you before about the, um, the was a school district that was sued by California Attorney General Bonta because they had a policy they were that uh, staff and faculty were to notify parents about uh, the gender gender transition questions of their children, and that went you know that went to court, and at this point, I believe that uh, that policy is is in force. Bonta got the slap down. Well, now another school board, the Rockland Unified School District, 
has decided to, uh, they've approved a policy change that would require school officials to notify parents within three school days if their student wants to change their gender. Now, again, this is, um, this is a case of a school board and a community pushing back against a truly tyrannical state policy. The, the idea that parents are not allowed to know or shouldn't be, no, shouldn't be notified uh, about the, the, the child's gender transition. Again, we're not even talking about parent parental approval. We're talking about parental notification about a, a psychological and in many cases medical uh, a decision made either by or for a child, a minor, someone who cannot legally make these decisions for themselves. Um, and again, school districts starting to put to push back. Uh, I, I, I look at this as as good news, and I'm glad in many ways. Uh, it's funny. Okay, uh, how it's kind of hard to say that I'm glad that a school district got sued uh, by the attorney general. Not that I wish ill on them. Not that I wish them to have a hard time. But what I do wish is that uh, if with, without those lawsuits, without the, uh, the state's tyrannical pressure, we would never would have had the decision that said that was wrong. So in, in some ways, having the, the, the tyrants push is a good thing when you get a good answer from the courts. The problem is you can't always depend on the courts. So you know, is, is Bonta going to sue the Rockland Unified School District? I don't know. Did he learn his lesson from the, the last go-around? Um, I don't know, but my gut says probably not. Uh, so it, it's these are the types of things. These, these are, are good pushbacks, but I think the thing we need to remember is we need to support those that are pushing back for the right things. We, Whether you live in the Rockland Unified School District or not, this is a good opportunity, even if you live in California or not, to stand up with these the, the parents and the school board members and saying, no, it, you, you don't, you know, the, the, the parents are ultimately in charge of a child's education of a child's health care, it is imperative, imperative that the parents are aware. Now, whether or not you can require consent from the parents is another question. In my mind, the answer should be yes, but I'll take this step. I hope you'll take that step as well. And while we're out in California, guess what? Another California city voted to say, you know what? We're not doing the mask mandates anymore. We're not doing the vaccine mandates anymore. Huntington, uh, uh, Huntington Beach City Council Mayor, uh, sorry, Mayor Pro Tempore, uh, uh, Gracie Vandermark, she introduced a motion Tuesday to ban mandates, mass mandates, vaccine mandates, and the, the, the city council voted four to three to ban universal mass mandates and vaccine mandates it, throughout the city. Again, this is California, California. This is, you know, this is the left wing of the left wing. And here we have places pushing back. They're pushing back against state calls for mass mandates, federal calls for mass mandates, state and federal calls for vaccine mandates. They are pushing back. And just like with, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis, the Floridians, um, 
the, the, the people in South and North Dakota, when your entities are doing the right thing, you need to support them. It is not enough to simply complain when they do wrong. You must support them when they do right. See, that's the part I think a lot of us miss, is we're more than willing to get on Facebook and go all full keyboard warrior and pound out you know, all sorts of stuff, vitriol, when they do something wrong. But we never praise them when they do something right. That's a difficult place to be in. I, I think I've told the story before. Um, I was in a, in a position at a church many years ago, and uh, uh, you know, I had... I, I had to stand up and explain why we did something we did. It was important. It was meant to keep us compliant with state law and federal law, by the way. And I had to get up in front of the congregation and explain it. And then one of the other members of the board, it was the board of deacons, one of the other members of the board, as I got up front to start talking, he got up and followed me up. And he just stood right behind my right shoulder. And I can't tell you how how settling that was to know somebody else was supporting the work that I did, that we, that we had done as a group. Someone else was there as well. And I think that is important. So if, whether or not you live in these communities, how about we give them shout outs? How about we point out, yes, you're doing the right thing. Congratulations. Um, we're with you. We stand with you. If you live in these communities, are you going to support the elected officials that have done this? Granted, only four out of seven council members in Huntington Beach, California, voted for this. We should be, you should be supporting the four and asking the three, wait a second, why don't you support a ban on an unconstitutional mask mandate? That's the way I would put it. Uh, the same thing with the, the, uh, the Rockland County. I don't know... Um, I, I don't know how the school board voted. No, I think it was actually, I think it was four to one. So you've got one person. Hey, excuse me. Why did you vote to hide a, a mental, a psychological, and potentially medical decision from the parents? Explain yourself why. And then give them a chance to explain. And if their explanation has any sort of sanity to it, Maybe they've got a good idea. I have yet to hear a good reason. There's usually a lot of, well, if we don't let the students do this, they'll kill themselves, which is hogwash. It, 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 the, the, the rates of suicide among teens, does according to the CDC's data, I believe, doesn't change. Challenge the data. Look at it. Challenge it. Make sure that we are holding them accountable when they make wrong decisions. But take the other four in... In that school district, the, 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 the four in Huntington Beach, praise them. Say, yes, this is leadership. This is representation, and we will support you for doing that. Don't let them be vilified without anybody coming to their, their support. And I want you to see, you don't have to take the bribe. You don't have to take the bullying. You can stand up. You can't say, no, I, I don't want this ill-gotten cash to do something that, that is not the best for, for me or for the people I represent. But we can't expect politicians to do this if we don't support them, whether that be a school board member, a city council member, a governor, a, rep a U.S. representative or senator. We need to support good decisions. We need to 
chastise bad decisions. And see, that's how we can help strengthen those who are making these decisions and make and help encourage them to fulfill their oath to support the Constitution of the United States and to be the representat- representatives of the two so- true sovereigns in this country, that is, we, the people of the United States. Now, since we were talking about mass mandates and, and uh, uh, vaccine mandates, it's probably interesting that uh, I've got a, a message for you from the wellness company. They've got a lot of great products, they've got a lot of great services. But one of the things they point out is what's you know, shedding is real. The idea that we are sh- that people who have had COVID shed virus, that long COVID is, is happening, and there's a way to deal with that. They call it spike support. It, it helps suppress the toxic proteins in the sp- the spike protein that causes the inflammation, the toxic reactions, and it can take be taken either to treat or to help protect you from the spike protein. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off their products or off your first month of membership if you use the code OUTLOUD. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop, but check out the wellness company. Use that code OUTLOUD. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, well, they'll give you 25% off all their products and off your first month of uh, membership. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Everyday America. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and today we're looking at uh, saying no to the bribes, the bullying, the intimidation, and, uh, well, there's a, there's a series of intimidations, people trying to use the 14th Amendment illegally to prevent Trump from running for office. And, of course, first you had the, the National Democrats were talking, and now we're seeing states that are trying to uh, ban him from being on the state. And recently, the state of Colorado has actually filed a lawsuit to, again, disqualify Donald Trump from holding public office because they claim he participated in an insurrection. I keep telling you that's why they called it an insurrection, all the way back to January 6th. Now, this particular lawsuit was filed by the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. And um, they get, they, I, I, 
laughable, right? The, the title doesn't necessarily mean that's what they're talking about. Their, their president, Noah Bookbinder, said in a statement, if the very fabric of our democracy is to hold, we must ensure that the Constitution is enforced and the same people who attacked our demo democratic system not be put in charge of it. Well, okay, um, let's start with a little bit of education. Uh, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. Uh, second of all, if you want to enforce the Constitution, then you actually have to show that Donald Trump participated in an insurrection or rebellion. You can't simply claim it is and make it so. When you have a group of demonstrators that are uh, protesting apparent fraud and then later proven to be fraud in the election process, that is not an insurrection. That is, the, that is upholding and enforcing the very Constitution that you claim to be want, want to enforce. Um, they complain about the, the democratic system. Again, we're not a democracy. Yes, we choose represent representatives in what could be called a democratic process, but that's not a dem it, they call it democratic. It's not really a democratic process because you don't vote on laws. Now, what we have here is the democratic system that is, that is trying to be protected by this supposed group that are citizens for responsible, responsibility and ethics in Washington is a democratic party. Right? First of all, you want to uphold the Constitution? Fine. Where's the proof that Donald Trump, where's the evidence that, I want to say proof, evidence that Donald Trump participated in an insurrection? Show it to me. Where he attempted to overthrow the government. See, he wasn't trying to overthrow the government. He was questioning the election of a president. A president that had not taken office yet. A president that at the time of the uh, uh, the act that, that most of the accusations took place that that, that uh, what he's accused of um, was not president yet hadn't even been elected yet because remember we don't elect a president in November we don't even elect a president in December remember when the, the president you vote the we the people do not vote for president I know you've been lied to your entire life we the people look at the the Eleventh Amendment. Look at Article 2, Section 1, uh, Section 1. I believe it was Section 1. We, the people, don't vote for president. We choose electors. We vote for those electors because our state legislatures have said we're going to appoint electors based on the vote of the people. Those electors that we voted for in November then meet in their individual states in December to vote for president. Those votes are then counted. You know, the, the, the votes within the state, the names are put down, the, the totals are put, the, are put down, they're sealed, and they're sent to the president of the Senate. By the way, it happens to be the vice president of the United States. In January, then the votes are counted and the decision is made. Not until then. So there is no evidence of an insurrection. Because no, at no time were the people trying to overthrow the government. What they were trying to overthrow was what they saw as a corrupt election, or an election where at least five states illegally appointed electors. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, five states where the, uh, the process of choosing electors was determined not by the legislature of the state as required by the Constitution, but by either the executive or judicial branches of that state meaning those electors were illegally appointed. And we did nothing about it. Well, a few people tried, but mostly what they did was play politics with it. But you see, that's the, 
the, the what we have to get away from the 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 belief that um questioning an election is an insurrection if that's the case then uh most of the democratic leadership is is, is participated in an insurrection and the claim that those that entered the capitol on january 6 uh were committing insurrection no the Capitol's public property. It's owned by the very people, in part, who entered it. They did not enter the chamber. They did not disrupt the process. They entered the building, and Congress decided we're going to suspend. Again, this is all a show. And we need to make sure that people like this, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, actually show them what responsibility is, what ethics is. and. Uh, you know, look at this nonsense about the, the disqualification. Say, you have the burden of proof to show that he actually committed an insurrection. And if all you can do is claim that a bunch of aggrieved politicians called it an insurrection, you should laugh them out of the room. Here's another one. Uh, this one out in Arizona. Now, Carrie Lake is still fighting for the 2022, November 2022 election. And she has a lawsuit claiming that um, Arizona state officials uh, robbed her of victory due in part to improper ballot signature verification. Now, remember, 2022, we still had mass mail-in balloting in a lot of places, and part of Arizona state law involves how you verify that the ballot that was mailed in actually came from the person that was legally allowed to vote, and they use a system of signature verification. Now, why she's rather excited is that another lawsuit was decided uh, recently, uh, this one against the Arizona Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes. See, there's a group called the, uh, what they call it, the Restoring Integrity and Trust in Elections. Got all these names with all these, these acronyms. What are you going to do? Uh, well, the group alleges that uh, Mr. Fontes broke the law in his, when it dealt dealing with mail-in ballot signature verification procedures. They claim that he, that Mr. Fontes' interpretation of registration record in the in, in his state elections procedure manual, manual was unreasonably broad, uh, improperly expanded the pool of signatures to which an early ballot affidavit signature could be compared, increasing the risk of false positives. Uh, quoting from the uh, the group, while state law requires county recorders to match mail-in ballot signatures with signatures in the voter registration voters registration record, the secretary instructed them to use a broader and less reliable universal universe of comparison signatures. That means sec the secretary was requiring ballots to be counted despite using a signature that did not match anything in the voters registration record. This was a clear violation of state law. Well, apparently an Arizona judge agreed with them. Uh, Judge John Knapper issued an opinion last week that found that uh, some of Arizona's signature verification procedures violated the law. Now, this is important because Ms. Lake's argument about whether or not she won the election deals with the vast number of last-minute drop-offs, mail-ins of ballots, many of whose signatures were not verified, apparently not verified according to Arizona law. So here what we see is someone, she's not backing down. Now, agree with Ms. Lake or not, whether she wins or not, she's at least standing up and she's fighting. And she's fighting what she sees 
not she sees it as she was robbed of an election that may or may not be true uh, i don't know that much about what happened in arizona i've heard a lot of things uh, but um i guess the point is rather than simply uh, uh as so many have done in the past simply saying well there's nothing we can do and walking away she fought and when she lost in one court she kept fighting and she kept fighting and i guess the latest is uh this is going to uh, i believe the state supreme court later in september so we'll see what happens but this is somebody who is continuing to fight the um what she sees is the the criminal activity of the secretary of state another reason i believe we should pay attention to more than just the national races this wasn't even a gubernatorial race it wasn't you know, the, the, i should say it was a gubernatorial race but the person involved mr fontes is the secretary of state how many of you when you're going down the ballot you get to governor you get to state rep state senator and then after that it's like yeah whatever 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 how many pay any attention to the secretary of state which is generally the person in charge of running the state's elections. They're generally, it's the Secretary of State that, that oversees that process. Something I would think would be very important and something I think we should not simply set aside as, oh yeah, I'll just check the box for the donkey or the elephant because I'm not, I'm, I'm too lazy or just uninvolved to bother to learn about the person that wants to, among other things, run our elections. Now, there's another case of um, state nullification saying no to the bribe that has been going on in texas for a while um remember texas it's not just that the united states has a border with mexico texas has a border with mexico and the united states has been um well let's say they've passed laws the administ multiple administrations have been derelict in enforcing those laws Congress, I believe, has been not only derelict in, 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 force, in, in writing how they've written some of these laws, they've also been criminal and they've assumed power is not delegated to them. But uh, in, in many cases, the states have borne the burden of this. And Texas has started saying, you know what? Enough is enough. If you're not going to enforce this, the border, we will. It's our border as much as it is yours. We'll enforce it. Uh, it's funny. They started by uh busing uh, illegal aliens to sanctuary states and cities which i thought was a nice political move and then they put up a barrier they said fine if you're not going to build the wall if you're not going to protect our border they put a floating barrier in the rio grande river and uh it it, it include boys and i guess there was netting underneath it and uh it of course the biden administration had a conniption fit how dare you actually do our job for us that's not what they said but that's basically what they were implying and of course they sued and if you've paid any attention you might have heard that a a preliminary injunction you might have heard that texas lost the lawsuit well they haven't a judge has issued a preliminary injunction right it's not the final definition it's not the end and in fact um reading from the this is from the district court in austin reading from the opinion he says, with respect to the boy barrier this is that is currently in place, this is a preliminary injunction and not a final disposition of this case on the full merits. So this court is counseled to act in a measured way. As a result, the court is directing that the boy barrier be moved from the main waters of the Rio Grande River to the river bank. 
rather than removal entirely from the river so that the barrier does not impede or impair in any way navigation by airboats or other shallow draft craft along the Rio Grande River. So in other words, the judge said, listen, while we're working this out, move this out of the middle of the river, move it to your, your bank so that it, it still has a, acts as a bit of an impediment, but you're not uh, in, na impairing navigation, which, okay, to me seems, and again, I'm not familiar with all the details, but to me seems like a, a reasonable approach as a temporary solution. So we've got a temporary, it's a preliminary injunction, temporarily. We haven't said take, take it out. We haven't said it can stay. We're at, you're saying move it to the bank so that you're not impeding navigation while we work this all out. So this uh, so far, this thumb in the eye of, of, of Washington, D.C., that Governor Abbott has been twisting, is still there. He still has his boy barrier. Okay, he's had to move it uh, a little closer to his, he had to move it closer to his bank, but it's still there. It can still act as, as a deterrent. It can still uh, exercise what he's trying to, get to do, which is, I believe, protect his state. And I think that's, uh, that's a, an important consideration. So as we get to the end of the program, I want to remind you that, you know, sometimes just saying no can work. It rarely is just saying no, right? There's there's frequently um, other considerations, right? You may have to fight. You may have to push back. You may have to, as Governor Abbott or or Ms. Lake has done, you know, sue, sue often, continue pushing to protect your rights and your responsibilities. But it also means that we, the people, have to support those that are pushing back in our name. Whether that be a governor that refuses to be bribed by the um, federal money, uh, school boards or city councils that refuse the, the recommendation of federal and state actors, that even refuse the illegal laws of state actors. When they push back, we need to remember to support them. In fact, here's what I want you to do. If you've written a note to a, a someone in that city council or someone in, in, in a governor's office, any official that did something wrong, if they do something right, I want you to send, in fact, I would like you to send at least as many thank yous as you do chastising, chastisements. I want you to, to praise them at least as often as they as you chastise them, as long as they're acting praiseworthy, right? not false praise. I want, I want real praise, but um, we should do that. It, 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 you know, it's, it's the old question of you get more flies with honey than with vinegar. I think you'll get a better outcome if we, if we praise the people who are just saying no to the bribe, just saying no to the bullying. And that doesn't necessarily need to be politicians. How about your neighbors? How about business owners? Are you working with the business owners that are protecting your rights? Or are you supporting the business owners that are destroying your rights? That are crushing your rights? Yeah, it may mean you have to go farther to go get groceries, or, or you may not enjoy that favorite beverage. But I'm always going to ask, what are your rights worth? Because if we, the people, don't stop accepting the bribes, and the, the false narrative that the federal government can do whatever it wants, 
we'll never be the land of the free again. If we want to be the land of the free, we have to be brave enough. We have to be the home of the brave. We have to be brave enough to stand up for what is right and what is true. And I hope that bravery includes coming back to the Constitution study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all of my shows go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Maybe rate and review a couple of, of episodes, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But do me a favor, share them. Share this information. Share this news. Share this call. And share the blessings of liberty. <laughs>